okay, Jonah. Mm-hmm. And I'm here, you know, by the, the, <laughs> the, um, the muddy car, the muddiest car you've ever seen in the parking <laughs> okay. lot. That we, we, I'm we in person. Yes, yeah, so that's good. <laughs> um, we're finishing up Jonah today. And Jonah contrasted with Christ, right, Roger? Um, and then, so we'll be done with Jonah. So Jonah, um, called by God to preach the gospel. He's, God said, go to Nineveh and preach to Nineveh. They'll be destroyed in 40 days. He disobeys that command, that, that mission, and he gets on a boat to Tarshish, pays the fare. And when he gets on the boat and they go out to sea, uh, the sea starts raging. That was uh, caused by God, a very great storm. Um, he's down below decks asleep and they rouse him awake and they say, why don't you call out to your God? And Jonah says, uh, uh, we don't know if he does that, but he says, I know what's happening. It's, <laughs> it's I fled God and uh, God of the Hebrews, God of the Jews, uh, who made heaven and earth, and he's very angry with me. So the way to, to do this is to throw me overboard. So they throw him overboard. That's where we pick up here in Jonah 1, 15 through 17. So they pick up Jonah, throw him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. Then the men feared the Lord greatly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the stomach of the fish three days and three nights, or as uh, J. Vernon McGee says, uh, he was in the tummy of, of the fish. Sometimes <laughs> he called it the tummy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, J. Vernon McGee. Um, and then, uh, so he prays a prayer in chapter 2. Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the stomach of the fish. And he said, I called out in my distress to the Lord, and he answered me. I cried for help from the depth of Sheol. You heard my voice, for you had cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the current engulfed me. All your breakers and billows passed over me. So I said, I have been expelled from your sight. Nonetheless, I will look again toward your holy temple. Water encompassed me to the point of death. The great deep deep engulfed me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I descended to the roots of the mountains. The earth with its bars was forever, uh, around me forever. But you have brought me up, up uh, my life from the pit, O Lord my God. While I was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. Those who regard vain idols forsake their faithfulness, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving to which I have vowed I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. Then the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah up onto the dry land. Um, I saw a video on, on you, a short little video on YouTube uh, this guy caught a northern pike. So he caught a northern pike, and he, there's something wrong with his stomach. So he could feel this disc in his stomach. And so he said, oh, I think he swallowed a frisbee or a little frisbee. 
And he thought of his turtle, so he cut it open. And they squeezed out of the incision from the stomach. And a little sunfish came, this pretty big sunfish. So you know how they're flat, sunfish. So flat, that's what he's feeling. It was like this in his stomach. Uh, and then started to flop around. So, <laughs> so we have proof that, uh, right? And northern pike is a fish. So it, there's proof right there that that can happen. And you just well, scale it up, right? Well, actually, there's stories of people surviving and Usually selling men. Yeah, oh, really? Fish. Yeah, there are a few out there. Whalers and things. Whalers. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's happened. They've survived. Research done any? I don't know. I, I, I didn't do a long research. Do but there is science to prove this. Yeah. No, I always like to ask the science. You know, because it's interesting to know. It's like, how did he get oxygen? Yeah. Well, and the the fish could have been created for this very specific subject, right? So yeah, sure. He could have been oxygenated there. Um, I don't think he was comfortable. But, uh, <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Yeah, right? Because he, he got sick at the end. But this, it, it's interesting, this point of death, the, yeah. the B part here, you know, he's the great deep engulfed me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. Have you ever heard of uh, Davy Jones's locker? With pirates, that's the euphemism for them drowning and spending, uh, they're going down to Davy Jones's locker. And I think Jones is a, it comes from Jonah, yeah. right? So oh, yeah. it's, that's death. And so he went down to J Davy Jonah's, uh, Davy, Davy Jones's locker here, just like pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> so that's where we're at. And, um, today we're going to look at Jonah's, um, death, burial, resurrection in quotations, contrasted to first Christ's work. Um, Christ was crucified. Uh, Jonah was thrown overboard, right? So I'm putting the, the summary of the lesson up okay. front here. This is kind of the point of the lesson. <laughs> okay. Very easy. We'll be done after this life. <laughs> okay. Then Christ was buried. Uh, Jonah was buried in the belly of the fish, right? Um, Christ was raised from the dead. Jonah was regurgitated by the, by the fish back onto the beach. So that's our parallelism, parallelism and our type there. Um, let's look at another type in the book of Jonah. Jonah as Israel is very interesting. So Israel was chosen and set apart by God and made a covenant people um, by God. And then they were commissioned to bring salvation to the world and represent his glory on earth, right, in their land. Jonah was appointed by God to bring salvation to the Gentile nation of the, uh, of the Ninevites. Both failed in their mission, right? Um, Israel... You know, they were sent away, they were put into captivity, things like that. They worshipped other gods, etc. So just as Jonah was preserved in the belly of a fish, and he should have died, so as Israel, um, they <clears throat> preserved by, they were preserved through the Red Sea, when they escaped the death at the Red Sea, and then they were preserved for 3,000 years plus of exile, 
um, dispersion and attempts to annihilate their entire race. Right? You think of World War II. Um, so just as Jonah feared that he was at the end of his physical life, so Israel has been brought um, uh, from despair, uh, from despair of a national, wiping them out nationally um, again and again. So in 1948, they were, you know, five Arab nations wanted to wipe them out. 1956, 1967, 1973, the Yom Kippur War, Yom Kippur War, 1982, 2006, 2023, just uh, two months ago. So there's all the wars that they've endured in parentheses there. Um, plus you have these intifadas, in, in right? Which are not wars, but when the Arabs just go in and Kill, kill them. They kill Jews is what intifada kind of means. Um, so both are preserved uh, through these these trials, even though they are chastened. So Jonah is contrasted to Israel here, and that's Feinberg brings that out in his book on the minor prophets. So we come to the Matthew passage, and <clears throat> this is basically the point of the, today's lesson and the um, the comparison uh, between the, the Jonah and Christ, uh, specifically stated by Christ. So in Matthew 12, 38 through 41, it says, Some of the scribes and Pharisees said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered to them, An evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign, and yet no sign will be given to it, but the sign of Jonah the prophet. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation at the judgment and will condemn it because they have represented repent because they have repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, Something greater than Jonah is here. So that's our Matthew passage. And this is uh, in Matthew 12. He starts out, boy, first he heals a man with a withered hand. And the, the Pharisees don't like that. <laughs> and uh, they call him, oh, oh, no. First, the chapter begins with they're going through the fields and they're taking they, grain and gleaning. They don't like that either. They don't like that <laughs> because they're doing that on the Sabbath. So the Pharisees are just hitting him on every point in Matthew chapter 12. So finally, he and he casts out this demon from a deaf and dumb man, and they don't like that. And they really don't like that. And they say that's from Beelzebub or Beelzebub. And, uh, and then Christ is a little worked up at this point. <laughs> and they ask for a sign. And he says, no, you don't get a sign. I'll give you a sign that you'll be a, ju a sign of judgment, right? So this, they're going to face judgment um, in the future at the great white throne judgment. They're going to see the men of Nineveh who repented at the preaching of Jonah. But you Pharisees are not doing anything. You, you know, you're still in your sins. So, yeah, grumpy bunch. <laughs> And uh, 
And it's a very testy exchange in Matthew chapter 12. So that's our, um, that's our main scriptural focus for this morning. That's the comparison. So another comparison, you know, we looked at Jonah and Christ, the, the fact that Jonah was thrown into the sea and then was in the belly of fish and then he was regurgitated or vomited back up, which is a picture of the death, burial, resurrection of Christ, which is kind of the work of Christ, right? So now let's look at the two men or the two missions that they have. Um, so Jonah's mission, um, and I thought of this, I added this slide this morning, but I thought of it at like at 3 a.m. and I couldn't sleep. So, but I thought it was a, I, th- I thought, oh, this is, this is, I think there's some more comparisons here. So see what you think, though. Um, so Jonah was ordained as a prophet, maybe at a young age like Samuel was, you know, and Samuel, you remember, he was just a little kid and the Lord called out to him and he thought it was Eli, his uh, the rabbi there. So Jonah was ordained. Um, he was commissioned by God to preach to Nineveh. God says, go to Nineveh. He's tried. The mariners try him uh, because he's, they find out he's on the ship and he's found guilty. And he, they, he has to be thrown overboard. He is <laughs> thrown overboard. So that's kind of death again in uh, quotations, air quotations. He's imprisoned in the belly of the fish. Uh, he is expunged. I'm trying to think of all these euphemisms for <laughs> vomiting, but expunged back onto the dry land. I, was just <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, right. Uh, um, back onto the dry land. He's uh, placed violently on back onto the dry land. From the fish's belly. That's his, what we'd say, he's resurrected. So he goes to, he preaches the bad news to the world, to Nineveh, right? Um, and he's, this, his second time, his um, redo is extremely successful because if, if 120,000 children were spared and livestock that means that they have people uh, like 650 uh, adults to a million adults or so that's how you get to 120,000 children so that's um someone said i think it was feinberg that this was the most successful um evangelistic evangelistic yeah thing in history i mean if you think about that the whole city and Nineveh knew that something was happening, right? Um, and they had an enemy up, up north in the, in the mountains that I, they knew were wanting to come down and invade them. So they were kind of on edge. They knew something was coming. So the Lord Jesus Christ, he's commissioned. I have it as the eternal covenant was his commission to... Um, I should, uh, as Savior, right? right? That's when the salvation was sort of mapped out and commissioned in Hebrews 13.20. He was ordained by God, right? The dove comes down, descends. And these are, 
the same things, but in different orders, right? So um, different orders because Jonah sort of messed things up. But uh, um, Christ preaches the good news to Israel and the world, just like Jonah did to Nineveh. Um, Christ was tried, right, by Pontius Pilate. Um, but he was found innocent, right, uh, right by Pontius Pilate. He said, why, why am I? Uh, there's no reason to keep this man. Uh, Christ dies on the cross. He's buried in a tomb. He's risen again from the tomb. And that, that uh, is parallel to Jonah's experience, or Jonah's experience is parallel to this experience that Christ suffers. And then he's, it's, his preaching is monumentally successful, right? The gospel, here we are today. And, uh, um, and many, many generations know Christ, uh, 2,000 years worth of people. So that's, because uh, um, I wanted to fulfill the, the title of the lesson <laughs> as, as, as best I could. So I think that that's a, that's a good lesson, but see what you think. Um, I have no uh, commentators to compare that to. Um, here's a comparison of Christ um, and Jonah as far as uh, signs go. You know, uh, the Matthew 12 uh, passage and Luke, the same passage um, of Jonah being three nights and three days in the belly of the fish that Christ talks about is also stated in Luke chapter 11. And um, Miles mentioned this last week, and uh, I, I hadn't heard that before or thought about it, but um, Christ says that Jonah is assigned to Nineveh. And so Nineveh somehow knew right. that it seemed to- something was coming because um, um, after he was thrown up by the fish. Um, so could it be that some heralds went ahead of Jonah and, and they said to Nineveh, in a matter of days, you're going to see this, you're going to see this Hebrew, Hebrew prophet proclaiming destruction, uh, your destruction in the streets. Take heed because this is a sign you'll be destroyed. And then they see this Hebrew prophet walking their streets and saying the same thing. And they all the whole city repents, even before the king. Right. Uh, yeah, the king repents later, right? He hears about it, and he doesn't even get an edict to the people. They do it without being told to the king to repent. Um, so the Ninevites were somehow primed and ready to receive the sign of Jonah walking your streets, proclaiming judgment, which... Prior to this, like last week, I, I didn't, I didn't really think about that or know that until uh, Miles brought that up. But it makes a lot of sense. The Assyrians worshipped Dagon, the fish god, and um, his name is Oannes, O-A-N-N-E-S. But if you put an I before that name, it spells Jonah in the New Testament. So imagine the Ninevites. There's this prophet, and his name is Jonah, and it's very similar, except for a letter away from their fish god. And they might have heard that 
about the fish, right? Um, Recording from, stopped. Um, possibly from these uh, these mariners on that boat to Tarsha. Maybe they, some of them, went back to Nineveh. Um, maybe they were from there. So that's um, that's an interesting point that Feinberg brings up. Um, so could it be that the Ninevites heard about Jonah being in the belly of the fish and then brought back to life as okay. such before he got there and preached that they should repent? Uh, it's interesting to think about, huh? Um, oh, I want to, in kind of summarizing this, because we covered that, the, the comparisons, um, and I want to finish up with this. I want to go back to the Bob's question when he taught of, uh, you know, uh, did Jonah die physically or not? Um, and Miles, I, he did an excellent job of saying, no, he, he did not die. Um, he was alive. And it was, it's, it's very obvious. Um, and we see in, in, the, in the text itself that he was brought to the point of death and not, it doesn't say that he died. Um, but I listened to Jay Vernon McGee, oh, yeah. right. and it's very, it's, he, he has it's compelling. compelling. Yeah, he has because a compelling argument. Yeah. I, I didn't think it would be, but maybe the way he just talks. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, very, it's compelling because of the language of the prayer. You know, it's the same language of death. Um, and there, um, there's where you can listen to the, uh, there's a link on the web to it. But I want to go over this in kind of wrapping this up, this middle ground between these two views, okay, yes. um, from J.B. Stoney. And see if it's not a, it was not a middle view, it's a... Middle ground, kind of half dead, is that what happens? No, yeah, it sounds like that, doesn't it? Oh, not a zombie, walking maybe zombie. People would see the Lord before they come back. So maybe I, I, I say that. Uh, I don't stop. <laughs> yeah, I I don't say that correctly, but it's an well. You'll see it. So when you see it, I'll read through it because I'm a read. I'm a. I have a lot of text that I'm gonna read through quickly because J. B. Stoney writes so beautifully um, that I don't want to ruin what he says by breaking it up. But you'll when you see it, raise just call it out. Okay, so uh, here it is. Um, so Jonah was a servant who will not do the Lord's will. Well, says the Lord, I will bring him down to death. I will bring him down to where he cannot do one single thing. Nothing but death before him, and death too with a bad conscience. Then Jonah prays to God and says, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look upon thy holy temple. And now Jonah comes up again, having learned death upon himself. Jonah comes up, but he's not soft. But many a devoted man like Jonah, uh, uh, but many a devoted man is like Jonah when he comes up. He is full of God's work, but he is not soft. He must be softened. God will soften me here. I have a double death to learn. Now Jonah rests under the gourd, you know, the plant. I find consolation in that. He really likes that plant, right? <laughs> yeah, he does. And his affections are drawn out towards it. 
and God says, I have drawn out your affections. Now I will take it all away. Jonah is a plain and honest man, and he says, I do well to be angry. He's very angry about the plants, and it says that. It's like an episode of the uh, uh, Felix and Oscar, the odd couple, right? Uh, yeah, uh, one of them kills the plant while these others the way the other one's mad. That reminds me of that, this plant issue in the book of Jonah. Um, and thus, and it is ever thus, it is a double death, double suffering, one connected with circumstances, the plant, and the other with the person, that's Jonah, um, overboard. When you are in suffering from sickness, it has a different effect upon you from what it has when you are suffering in your surroundings. It is like Gideon's fleece. At one time, death only on the individual. At another, death all around us. It is a terrible thing to have to learn that we can survive the death of everything here, but then death has come in, not to bring us out, but that it might cast you upon God. This is the virtue of it, and death has come in that it may bring it out. We often find that many who have really turned to the Lord and who believe in Jesus are not happy. They are not in the enjoyment of their salvation, and it is important to see what is the cause of this. The reason of it is that they, though they are truly converted, as we say, yet they have never learned what it is between God and the sinner, the sinner and God. That is where the great lack of the soul is. Here's Jonah. He's a prophet, and yet he has to learn in a very painful way the nature of the distance between God and himself, a sinner. It, it was will. He would not do what the Lord had told him to do. God told him to go to Nineveh, but he preferred his own will to God's will. He did not do anything very wrong in the human way, in a moral point of view, but he did not obey the instructions which the Lord gave him. And what was at the bottom of that? His own will. Will is the real cause of the restlessness and the absence of full joy in the souls. In souls, they do not really see that their whole nature is contrary to God and had to be removed in the cross. Jonah has to be cast out of the ship into the sea to learn what his will would bring him to. I suppose everyone here knows the story. Read chapter 2 and see what he went through in learning that solemn lesson. Figuratively, he passed through death, for death is the only way to get clear of the will. Does anyone know what he's getting at here? Yeah. Um, he entered into the reality of death, and thus we get him in the whale's belly, alive without a will. If you want a striking illustration of a man alive without a will, you get it in Jonah, in the whale's belly. He is alive, but wholly at the will and control of another. In whose will and control is he at the mercy of? God. God. Mm -hmm. A fish. A fish, right? Fish is, it's the fish's will that's taking him all around the Mediterranean Sea. 
Uh, but God, yeah, God. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, but the, the, the fish. So that is the only true place of happiness for a believer to be without a will of his own. Jonah was moved at the will of another, the, the, the fish. So um, that one more thing is, right, our death, burial, and resurrection with him. And it's basically a Romans 6, mm-hmm. which I, I was like, wow. That's, so not a middle ground, but a, a, you know, not a physical death, but spiritual death. And just to, get, just to get rid of his will. He had this will. Eve had, um, Eve, same thing. She, she wanted to know more. She the, the serpent said, hey, I'll give you some more information that you'll be interested to learn. So her will made her eat the fruit. So it was her will. Mm-hmm. And so if at the bottom of your sin nature is the will, and it's a tough thing to crack. So I like how Stoney mm-hmm. describes that. You have to separate yourself from your own will. So that gets in your way. I thought that was... Really good. And sorry for having to read, but you can see how he writes so clearly and wonderfully. And it just makes a lot of sense. So that's good. Okay. We'll close in prayer. Our Heavenly Father. Oh, yeah. Before, um, I've just been reading in uh, four translations. But uh, how do we... I, and I read uh, Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown, and Ryrie's commentaries, mm-hmm. and they say 120,000 children. But in the ESV, NASB, it says uh, peoples, and in the uh, uh, Holy Christian Standard Bible, it says 120,000 people, and in, even in the King James, it says, says 120,000 persons. Persons, okay. Um Wow, I'm surprised that the whole Bible doesn't have it. So one of which one says children? Uh, nobody says children. ESB okay. is 120,000 persons. Okay. Who has a, a New American Standard? New American what? Standard is 120,000 persons. What, what chapter verse are you on? Um, that's that's four eleven. Four. It's right at the last verse. Yeah. Well, here's Oh, yeah. Yeah. How did you get uh, children out of that? Oh, okay. yeah. I think, you know, Paul, if we look at the, the, the Hebrew, but I, I think actually what most people do, it's the last part of that verse that everybody kind of hangs their hat on. Yeah, right. They don't know their left hand from their right hand. Right. But there's even controversy on that because yeah. Paul takes a totally different direction on oh, right. what that means. But I, most people, including myself, I think that means they... Most kids, until a certain age, don't know their right hand from the left hand. Yeah. So I think that's what defines what per- so person means. In the New American Standard, uh, Jim, there's a 120,000 persons person. who don't know their right hand from their left hand. It yeah. says. So nobody agrees. Probably really little children, actually. Yeah, and so th- it, that must be a Jewish phrase too. Yeah, I bet it true. is yeah. that children don't know their left hand from their right hand, and mm-hmm. you know they're being trained up. They're not trained yet. 
Okay. So, and it makes sense because he talks about these because Nineveh, who watched that? Yeah, that I, I sent, that, sent that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was great. And yeah. that you can see it right the in the yeah, aerial yeah, of it. Those how big it is. Those walls were a hundred feet high. I know. And fifty feet wide, and you can see the footprint of it in Mosul, Iraq, is where yeah. it is. So. That would be that should be more than 120,000 people that should live there, right? Okay. Um, yeah, so there's exactly. 650,000 to a million people. Yeah, I may have missed this last week, Miles, but can you give me a chapter and verse that the people? Andrew. I mean, Andrew. <laughs> no, I said I missed it from Miles last week. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. is is this idea that Nineveh knew that somebody would be coming? Well, where's where's that in scripture? Oh, yeah, yeah that's that. yeah. Um, that pre well, that they had some. They knew because Christ says there's Jonah was a sign. <laughs> So you think of Jonah being a sign. When they see Jonah there, that's a sign, but they knew a sign was coming. How did you know? they know that? Um, it's Is that implied? But I don't yeah. remember that textually described. Right. Um, it's, not, it's not implicitly, yeah, okay. I guess, right, stated. Right. No. But a lot of commentators say because the if you if you think about the conversion is so quick, right? Um, so fast that the, all the people do it, and then the king does it, and that they must they must. It's like, um, and a sign is a. It's it's hard to explain, but it's. When you see the sign, you'll know that this is coming. So Jonah was the sign. Christ says that. But I think that's where they're getting that, that it's just not Jonah arriving and preaching because they say that the languages might have even been different. So, you know, does that make sense? But no, <laughs> but it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not in there. Yeah. Jonah just showed up. Nobody knew who Jonah was. Right. And if a stranger just comes into town and starts preaching, he's going to get laughed at. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of implied that they knew what right. God had accomplished through them ahead of time. And, that, and so they kind of feared yeah. what was going on. Because think of it. He tells Jonah... 40 days, they're going to be destroyed. Then he goes into the belly of the fish for three days. So he loses three days there. And this 40-day, and then he has to travel 500 miles. So I don't, and I, if you make the clock go from when he gets spit out of the fish, he has to go 500 miles. He gets there and he preaches. Um, that's a long way it takes... 30 days? I mean, how long does it take to walk? 20 miles, 12 miles a day. Yeah, well, but maybe somehow it gets there faster by horse. Or, I, I don't know. but So that's what they think is someone yeah. but, was. But, but, but they're inferring it. They're in, I think yeah, they're inferring it's, from the fact that Jonah is a sign. And a sign is something. That's that, the word I wanted to yeah, infer. Simeon. Not, the, 
in the so, Greek, yeah, it's something that, but, but, anyway, but it's, it's an inferred view. Yeah. I mean, there's not a direct statement. Well, Christ right. Jesus is the sign of his ultimate crucifixion exactly. and burial. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, the idea of Jonah, whether he was dead or not, probably is irrelevant. But, you know, if he were, were dead, he's being restored. I mean, it's a Lazarus kind of thing. Right, right. right. It's yeah. not a resurrection. Exactly. Right. Not it's his body. The Christ is the first fruit, right. fruits of the right. resurrection. He's the first one to be resurrected. Right. And will be the, the well if we're alive during the rapture, which is coming very soon. By the way. <laughs> okay, um, thank you, thanks, you. Thanks, Andrew. Um, so, so um, you know, the dead in Christ will be the second mm -hmm. kind of tranche in the parade, right? So, yeah, he was would have been restored, but it doesn't it's, see. It doesn't say anything uh, explicitly about right. that too. Exactly. So, exactly, you know. Um, the study's got an interesting view. Yeah, right. yeah. But I like it's how he. Yeah, it's good. I like how he says. I like how he brings it to. You read chapter six and its doctrine, and you people. It's hard to apply, right? Because it's mm -hmm. just it's just stated doctrine. But the, he always sees prefigurements in the. He's thinking of Stoney now, right? Stoney. Stoney. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, so Stoney, <laughs> J.B. Stoney. Um, and then when you hear. In the life of Jonah, and hear how, what he went through, he went through a spiritual death, then it makes mm -hmm. a lot of sense. And you think, because um, it puts uh, shoelace, um, mm -hmm. what's that phrase? Shoe leather. Shoe leather. Shoe leather. <laughs> On the, yeah. whatever. They, they, <laughs> they pay them or something. Yeah, right, right. Um, so, yeah. Um, but I like that. So Yeah, let's go. Um, Great. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so folks, yeah, actually, well, no class the next two weeks, but we're going to start. Bob's going to start with the uh, introduction to uh, Philippians, mm -hmm. New Year. New Year. The seventh. Looking forward to it. Great. Yeah. Great. Mm. Okay. Let's uh, close in prayer. Uh, our Heavenly Father, thank you for this uh, study and uh, in Jonah, and we uh, will see this. Uh, Physically, someday we'll see Jonah and we'll know all these uh, sort of answers and inferences that we're grasping at today as well. And we'll know that, um, we'll, we'll know the real true story and we look forward to that. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.